For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hungry dogs run fast. Welcome into my dog's favorite podcast, the Dynasty Dogs, brought to you by Win Daily. I am your host, Mike Anthony, and with me today is a guest of ours, brand new to the Win Daily website is Johnny C. He's also the host of the PK Sportscast, bringing his talents over here. So say hi to everybody. Tell us uh, also what else you're doing. Hey, Mike. Appreciate you having me on, man. Um, yeah, just been uh, starting the second season of the PK Sportscast on YouTube. Been really fun. Uh, really excited to get started with Win Daily on the uh, Standouts and Setbacks podcast. Uh, really excited to be a part of the team, and I really appreciate you having me on this week. I appreciate you coming on. It was kind of a last minute thing. Rich is not here today, but um, it's good to have another set of uh, fandom on uh, on the show because you, I could see here you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, so I can imagine you're not too happy today. Uh, you know, not not the happiest, but not in panic mode quite like I've not seen yet. on the internet today. <laughs> uh, no, when you have Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, can you really be, and Andy Reid, a head coach, can you really be panicked? No, not really, man. I mean, best quarterback, best coach, um, but we sure did miss Travis Kelsey last night, and uh, I think we need to get some new gloves for the wideouts. Do do you think there? Well, yeah. Do you think there's a world where so there are going to be some wide receivers that could be available, uh, like a Mike Evans, because it seems like that contract's not getting done. Devontae Adams is frustrated with Oakland, and you have T. Higgins, who doesn't seem to be getting money from the Bengals. Do you see? KC, you know, hitting the lines up to see if he can get they can get another wideout. Yeah, I mean, I could see them definitely trying to get in the mix uh, for a new wideout. I'm not really sure about Mike Evans. He's going to need a pretty fat contract, and if we do plan on keeping Chris Jones, that could be a little bit difficult. <laughs> um, I know a lot of us are upset with uh, you know Kadarius Tony and some of those young receivers today, but. Um, you know, Tony did have a really good Super Bowl last year. He had a bad game last night. I'm not going to hold it against him as long as he doesn't continue with performances like that. Um, I think we can improve. So let's get into what uh, what happened last night. Obviously, uh, we said that you're upset about the Chiefs. They did lose last night to the Lions 21-20, which I mean, it was a competitive game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes put the team on his back 21-39, 226, two TDs and one INT. He also led the team in rushing. Which is wild. Nuts. Yeah. What do you think of Isaiah Pacheco? I really like the guy, man. Um, mm-hmm. I think he he brings some energy to that squad. Um, he's fun to watch. As long as he can stay healthy this season, I really do think that he can be um, over a thousand yard rusher. Um, it's really just going to depend on the scheme that we're moving forward. I could see him getting a lot more involved if the wideouts uh, keep playing the way that they're playing. So. I've not been the biggest Isaiah Pacheco fan. He is a hard runner, which I do like. But I, there were a couple of rushes last night where if he just can make someone miss, 
he would have been taking it to the house. It kind of seems like he's running in cement too. That could be part of the injuries because I know he was banged up, right? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, just now getting in. We didn't even know if he was going to play in week one until a week or so ago. So, Yeah, because, I mean, last night, what was he, 8 for 23? He actually had four catches and 31 yards, which is not something we typically see from him, which is nice, especially for fantasy points. But it would like, it, I guess it really just depends on him getting healthy. Yeah, I think that we've got a lot of talent in the the running back room. I mean, with him, McKinnon, uh, we still have Clyde. You know, I, I think that there's just a, a a lot of a lot of people to share that ball. So I don't think Pacheco maybe is the biggest fantasy win for anybody, mm-hmm. but um, I do like what the energy brings to the team for sure. Um, I don't know if you saw the video circulating on the internets this evening. Uh, there's a run where. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is just following his blocks, but if he cuts back, he's got a wide open lane, and he just very Trent Richardson just ran right into everybody. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he has not been the pick that I think Mahomes was trying to get whenever they you know made a big deal that Patrick Mahomes had made the decision on the first round pick after our first Super Bowl, and it was Clyde, and um, you know unfortunately he just hasn't lived up to that hype. Well, don't you worry about that because there were a lot of dynasty managers that took him over Jonathan Taylor. And uh, that seems to not be the right right pick, (laughs) even with Jonathan Taylor sitting out. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I I don't think that anybody, uh, I I like McKinnon in a PPR league, but I I don't think anybody in the Chiefs running back room is your great fantasy choice right now. What did they, did they, a lot of people were hyping up uh, Daenerys Prince, the rookie running back that went uh, undrafted. Did they mm-hmm. let him go? Um, I believe so. Yeah, I think the only people we have on the 53 man are Pacheco, McKinnon, and Hilaire. Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, unless you're the Eagles, we keep four running backs for whatever reason. <laughs> so it makes sense to only have three. But let's get into the rest of last night. Um, we did talk about Tony. He had four drops. One of them led to a pick six. Uh, how are you, how do you feel about Kadarius Tony as a Chiefs fan? And as a, fantasy slash dynasty asset um well i guess i'll answer that first as a chiefs fan um you know i think that for the value we got him at he's not bad he Mm -hmm. was very clutch in the super bowl last year i don't think that we win that game against the eagles without his uh play on special teams you had to throw Um, that in there didn't you I, I'm sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Know, I, I do like the Eagles, though. They're my second team. My mom's a fan. Mm. So, you know, I root for them every time they don't play the Chiefs. But I appreciate um, that. But, you know, uh, he had he had one of the worst games we've seen from a wideout last night. And, you know, a lot of people are ready to cut him and get rid of him, all this stuff. I think that might be a little aggressive. If he comes out and does it again in another time or two, maybe we start talking about replacing him. But um, I, I think he's just new. He's only in his third season. Um, he's going to get it figured out. I think it was just, uh, you know, he got thrown into the wide receiver one spot uh, with mm. a bunch of young other guys, no Kelsey to help split the defenders. Um, yeah. And he, and he's been injured too. So he's just now kind of coming back and got thrown into the mix. I will say, I do think a couple things I will say, not having Kelsey probably made things much harder on every single one besides Mahomes, every <laughs> single one of the receivers, because that is such a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, one thing about Tony, though, from a dynasty aspect, he's he's not dependable enough for me 
to want to hold on to him. Like in the off season, because health wise, um, I moved him in the off season for a second round rookie pick and a linebacker because we're I'm in an IDP league, so I value linebackers pretty highly. But um, I, I just could not, I couldn't deal with the injuries anymore. It's frustrating because he is, like you said, extremely talented. But it's just frustrating. Uh, agreed, man. He's. He's good, but I don't think that he's quite the Tyreek replacement we were hoping for. As a fantasy owner, I would not draft him. Um, I just don't think that he's that answer, especially from a fantasy standpoint. Um, as we know with Mahomes, other than Kelsey, he's splitting, spreading the ball around, and I just don't see him being consistent enough, especially with injury, to want to have on your fantasy team. Are there any of the wide receivers, before I get into the line side of thing, are there any of the wide receivers you really trust uh, dynasty-wise? You know, that's a tough question. If I had to pick one right now, I would say Rasheed Rice. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was already high on him before last night's game. He he came out and made a debut. I wanted to say the same thing for Justin Ross, but he didn't really have a chance to come out and do anything last night. Um, so, the you know, we're not really sure on him yet. But I think Rasheed Rice is going to be very good. I think you can get him at a good value now. Yeah, he – so – I, I watched a lot on him. He is definitely somebody who can go up and get the ball, which is nice. Uh, especially, he's also a big-bodied receiver, so that's not, besides Justin Ross, that's not really something Patrick Mahomes has had for a little while. So it could work out well for him. And mm. the only thing with him is the drops. You could saw it in preseason. You saw it in college. It's something that he's got to work on. Definitely. And separation. That's one big thing. Yeah, we had almost zero separation last night. I don't know if you saw the play. Um, Mahomes is literally standing over a defender for like five seconds trying to find an open guy, and it's just not there. Um, that fourth it, and 25, insane. it felt like it went on forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy's doing everything that he can to keep the play alive. And, um, you know, it, it was the first time since the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay that I felt like this guy was just hitting people right in the hands and they couldn't do anything about it. I actually have one more question. What do you think of Sky Moore? Because that is somebody the Dynasty community has been like 50-50 on and then kind of like the past week or so, he's kind of gotten some hype and then, you know, dropped an egg last night. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those you got to prove it kind of people for the most part. And mm-hmm. I think with him, you know, he was supposed people were saying he's going to be offensive rookie of the year last year. He didn't get his first or his first uh, touchdown until the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And yesterday he had a chance to help with that fourth and 25 bounce right off his hands. Uh, the guy, you know, he's young. You can always say these guys have plenty of time to get it figured out. But uh, right now, not a big fan of Sky Moore, especially if I'm a fantasy owner. Um, probably not making that move. Are you moving him or drop? Like what is so we'll say in redrift, because in Dynasty, I think he's a hold at this point. Mm-hmm. But in redrift, what are you planning on doing if you have him? In redraft, uh, that that's tough. I'm hoping I can I can fool somebody into a good trade with that one. <laughs> there is always somebody who's going to value the Kansas City wide receivers highly because of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I I try not to be such a homer when it comes to fantasy. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't always end up with a ton of Chiefs on my team. When I do, it's uh, I try to get a redraft with Mahomes or Kelsey. 
because uh, the wideouts and even the running backs, I mean, they they hit so many different people that, you know, one week, even when we had Tyreek, you know, the guy might have 25 points and the next week he's putting up two or three. Uh, Andy Reid keeps the offense pretty electric and changing up every week. It's hard to have a consistent score on your fantasy team on the Chiefs. Right. My uh, speaking of homerism, my so my brother-in-law when I was real young taught me about fantasy football and he taught me that as Eagles fans we don't draft Cowboys. Right? Yeah. But as I grew up I wanted to start winning money and winning my leagues. Why would I pass up like, you know, DeMarco Murray and CD <laughs> Lamb and all these guys? Like why would I do that? He still to this day will not draft a Cowboy on his team. Yeah, that I mean that's true homerism right there. You yeah. got to respect it. <laughs> Hopefully he's still winning without him. He is, believe it or not. It's crazy. But I just, I could I can't do that. Yeah, I got to I mean, put it to the side. Not to take too much of a shot, but you know Dallas is a is a they're the regular season champs. So, you mm-hmm. know, um you don't as long as you're playing them in the regular season, you know, you're fine. <laughs> I actually am going to mention so we are going to talk about the AFC West today and the dog tag and the dog house. There is a little Cowboys segment in my dog tag thing. But uh, real quick, back to this uh, game last night. I was very like pleasantly happy. That's just I just you know double pleasantly happy. But <laughs> I really liked what I saw from Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. Definitely, Gibbs looks like he could be a real threat. Mm-hmm. There were people panicking on Twitter or though or X or whatever it's called about his usage. He only had seven rushes for forty-two yards, and Monty had twenty-one carries. Yeah, I mean, Mon- Monty was getting it done, though. Um, yeah, he you know, did have that nice touchdown run. Yeah, I think that as a, you know, as a Chiefs fan last night, I was totally fine with them keeping Monty in because it, se- <laughs> it seemed like every time Gibbs got the ball, we could not tackle him. Um, yeah, he was, he's, he, he's got some force. He, he's also, he, he ran a 4-3-6. He's probably one of the hardest guys to catch. And he, he showed it last night. I I don't see why people are panicking. That usage is probably about right for him right now, because he is a difference maker, and you don't want to be using that every fu- you know every fucking run. Yeah. So, and especially he's not a guy who's really great between the tackles either, like Monty is. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Sam Laporta, the tight end for the I, Detroit Lions? You know, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, you know. I actually had I I have a redraft league and I have Travis Kelsey. I actually mm-hmm. uh, you know had to sit him obviously and I picked up Laporta. So I was you know oh he had, had a... some mixed emotions last night. <laughs> <laughs> he was a free agent in your redraft league. Yeah, believe it or not, I was uh, I got lucky with that one. But um, you know, I was able to pick him up. One of my buddies had jumped in and took Noah Gray from me as soon as Kelsey got injured. So I went for <laughs> Laporta, and um, you know he had he had six and a half points. He was he did okay. Um, but for a rookie, I think that he, he showed some promise. He's got a connection with golf and it's evident. So he was a tight end. I really liked in this class because we were talking before I have a lot of time on my hands right now. So <laughs> I watched a lot of rookie film. He is very good after the catch and he's got solid hand. I mean, he's an Iowa tight end. We've seen Iowa tight ends like TJ Hawkinson mm-hmm. and those guys be incredible for the past several years so they're that's tight end you right now yeah definitely and he i was it. surprised he was the second tight end off the draft of the draft though he went like a couple picks after kincaid mm-hmm. 
I was surprised by that. But all around, it was a you know, highly contested game. What did you think? I mean, it was it was definitely contested. I think, I think that the Lions are are one to watch out for this season for sure, mm-hmm. um, especially with Minnesota seemingly taking a step back on paper. Um, you know, obviously Chicago and Green Bay. I don't think they're going to be the biggest of threats this year. I think this is the first time since what 1993 that the Detroit Lions have a, the best chance to win that division. But I will say Probably. one one thing that surprised me, you know, they they ended last year on a hot streak on offense. Obviously, they kept it going last night. But our defense without Chris Jones was surprisingly good. We held them to only fourteen points. You know, they scored twenty one, but seven of those came off of Kadarius Tony's butterfingers. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, I would have been pissed if I saw him sitting in the stands last night. It was not a great feeling. No, no. No, they have I, to pay him. Yeah, I've I've been to a lot of Chiefs games, you know, cheering for Chris Jones. And, you know, we already dealt with the heartbreak of Tyreek leaving and talking his talk. And so seeing it with Chris Jones just hurts, hurts me in a deep place. He seemed <laughs> from the things that I've seen, he seems frustrated that he's not being paid like he wants to be there just by the quotes I've seen. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. how you feel, but I'm, I mean. On a personal level, I understand it. Not everybody has to be expected to take a pay cut to win Super Bowls like Kelsey and Mahomes, um, Tom Brady, that kind of stuff. And and he's arguably the second best defensive tackle in the league. So, oh, 100%. And so I, I think that he makes a great case for that pay. I think after last night's game, though, he has less of an argument because while we may have lost, it had nothing to do with Chris Jones. I think we looked perfectly fine on defense. I will say I really liked, because I have him in my one IDP league, uh, George Kalafkis, mm-hmm. the defensive end, second-year guy. Yeah. He was, he, he was causing havoc in that backfield. Definitely. We, you know, I was hoping to see a lot more from him last year. It was awesome to see him come out in this debut, and he looked like he was in the backfield every play. And uh, also, Dana came out and was having a mm. game last night. So... Yeah, I mean, if I'm Chris Jones, I think my argu- I think the argument just got a little harder for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, you could definitely tell he wa- he was missing, but it also seemed like the defensive line looked good still. Yeah, solid. I mean, not not best in the league by any means. Um, we only had one sack, I believe. So, and I think um, it was Karloff. How do you say it? Karloffkis. Karloffkis. Right. Yes, he had sir. the one sack. Right. I believe no, it was Dana, if I'm not mistaken. Dana had really? a Dana had a sack. He had a pass deflection. He had a tackle for loss and another QB hit on top of that as well on the box score. Because I could have sworn there was a play where Goff, uh, like basically gave himself up, or was that the play you're to, you're the sack? Because I thought it was Karlovkis. Let me see. Jeez, yeah, my, Mike Dana. I'm looking hmm. at I'm looking at Karloftis now. He had seven total tackles, um, three solo, four assisted, and he had a tackle for loss. I think that oh, counted okay. as a rush, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike Dana did have the sack there um, for three yards, tackle for loss as well, and a, and a pass deflection where he, I mean that one, that one looks great. I don't know if you remember that play, but he like basically stopped right in front of Goff and just jumped straight up. Oh, I, yeah. Okay. I do remember that play now that you, yeah. 
there were a couple couple balls that were swatted right in but on both sides yeah yeah i think i think the defenses on both sides of the ball played really well last night and they yeah especially because the Detroit Lions have not really had a good defense for a long time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so you want to get into our dog tags and dog house? Yeah, let's go ahead and roll into it. So we are going to be covering your AFC West. Uh, I am going to take the Chargers and the Raiders, and you are going to have the Chiefs and your much-hated Broncos. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, do you want to, yes, sir. Do you want to start with one of yours? Yeah, I mean, while we're on the topic of the Chiefs, let's just let's just go ahead and finish it up. <laughs> Jump right um, in back into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just finish up here and move on. I'm sure uh, a lot of people are tired of the Chiefs talk. No, because so. I mean, the NFL is king, and I think people were just itching for last night. So talking more Chiefs is fine. Oh yeah, I, I think a lot of people are happy that we took that loss. Um, oh, true. For, for for my dog tag, and uh, you know. This may be a gimme, but I think if you don't pick this guy, you're just not watching the sport. Patrick Mahomes, that's the easy dog tag. I mean, he's the number one quarterback in fantasy. Um, that That's your guy right there. I already kind of explained it's a little tough to want to take a wide receiver running back from this crew. Um, you know, I wanted to give it to Kelsey, but with the injury and his questionable status, um, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is the easy dog tag here. Mm-hmm. Um you know, even with a bunch of nobodies, he will put the team on his back and get it done. So, um, even the rushing too. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll run if he needs to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, one leg or two, you know? (laughs) Well, yeah, we saw that in the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, we thought we had him when he was hurt, but like you said, he is the unquestioned one Oh one in two quarterback leagues. He's one Oh one quarterback. Uh, he's probably the best quarterback of this generation. So how could you not, you know, how could you not put him as a dog tag? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's got the fantasy numbers and and the win total. I think that that's just kind of your easy bet here, especially with Andy Reid calling the plays. Um, They're always finding a way to, to bump his stats up. And, uh, you know, most of our offense runs through him. So I really thought he was going in, not, how do I put this? Not completely fall off, but like, you know, go down a little bit with Tyreek Hill leaving, but it feels like he really hasn't, besides last night, missed a beat. No, I, I true like, and I'm not saying this just because I'm a Chiefs fan. I promise. I, I truly think that he is just one of the best that we have right now. Um, you know, he reminds me kind of uh, Aaron Rodgers, but he's just younger. He's got a little more. He's just got this way of always putting the ball right on target, running around like he just finds a way to get it done. Um, mm. And generally, whenever we see them take a loss, it's not always on him. I can I can think of maybe two or three games where he threw it away, um, which, you know, for going into his sixth year, I think that's pretty good. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. Is know. there any way possible if you had him on your dynasty roster that you would move him? Like, is there any possible um, trade package <laughs> you would take for Patrick Mahomes? Because there's not much. You know, that's tough. If I had a really solid second quarterback, I'd maybe do it for two top tier players. Um, yeah, but it would but have to be very top tier. Yeah, I don't think there's any one for one trade I'd make for him. No, no, I I hundred percent agree. Even if you're like a rebuilder, rebuilding team, uh, you want to have like a number one quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that you're that's just positional dominance. You yep. know. 
And I, I couldn't see myself moving him unless you gave me like, I don't know, Joe Burrow plus plus. Exactly. Exactly. Give, give me Joe Burrow and Jamar and we'll have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> True. But, True. But even that's a risky double up. But yeah. I tried to get Garrett Wilson and Joe Burrow and something else for Patrick Mahomes and the guy almost did it. But yeah, I mean, that that's an enticing offer, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I would make that trade just because that is a lot of people to move off your team for a quarterback. But yeah, if you have him, it's really hard to, to move him for anything less. Uh, but yeah, like like we've said, he's he's just the one on one to me. Definitely. So who do you have in your doghouse? I feel like this this should be, you know, who I think it is. I I was really having a hard time. I had two players that I was thinking about giving this doghouse to, and I think we all know last night solidified which of those two players is going to get it. I got to give it to Kadarius Tony, man. Um, I'll reiterate, I don't, I'm not, you know, saying he's done. I don't want to cut him or anything. A lot of hate on online right now about Kadarius Tony because he. He kind of created a 10-point swing single-handedly last night. but um, Wild how he did that. <laughs> yeah, I've man, I have not seen anything like it. Um, you know, Tyreek had a couple of them in his day, but he'd make up for it the next drive. Um, you know, I, but you got to give him the doghouse right now. Like I said, I just don't think that he's ready to be um, even a primary flex option in any league right now. He's just, mm. there's too many people to give the rock to. He's one of many very young players on that team in a, in a new-looking offense. Eric, the enemy's gone, so um, we'll, we'll see. I just that's, that's not the guy. I don't think that that's who you should have on your fantasy team. So I got to doghouse him as much as it hurts. What is his ADP, if you don't? Uh, his ADP is 104.2. So what's that put him in a 12-team league? I'm terrible at math. Let me do the, do the old calculator. <laughs> Let me get the old calculator out for that one. I am not a math person whatsoever. So that puts him around the eighth, middle of the eighth round. Uh, I think I would pass in a startup. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, How how about yourself, man? Who do you have for your uh, dog tags, dog house? All right. So I'll start with the Chargers. I'm also, I I tend to not to do this, but I'm also going to have a gimme in Justin Herbert. Currently, his ADP is 6.8. So he's the sixth to seventh player off the board in startup. QB5. So last year, he finished as QB11 in fantasy points. He had that rib injury. QB2 in 21, QB9 in 2020. I think this year, he's going to get back into that top five status, in my opinion. I don't know. What do you think of Justin Herbert before I get into? A few stats. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's an undeniable top five quarterback. As hard as it is to talk about a um, you know division rival that way, he's he's that good. Um, he's arguably top three, but um, I, I think he's definitely a top five QB. If you don't have him in your top five, then he's got to be number six. Uh, he's just uh, you know he's solid. You know that's why he got the big check. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. My co-host. Uh, before I get into this, we talked about this before. He would take. Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert. What do you think about that in a dynasty league? I, it's not something that I would immediately say is wrong. Mm -hmm. 
I think I agree with that. Like, like, like I said, I'm a prove it guy. So I'm probably going to go with Herbert just because we know what we're going to get. They've got really good players on that team. And I'll even admit they'd be a lot better if they, they get an unlucky injury bug every season, especially at um, the wide receiver position. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think Herbert's a solid player, man. He's really stepped up and proved himself. Trevor Lawrence has come in and he's had some good moments. I think that he is going to be, obviously the franchise quarterback in Jacksonville, but um, to put him ahead of Herbert this season, um, I, I think you're taking a high risk, high reward situation there. That's kind of how I feel with it as well. Um, I think the biggest thing going for Justin Herbert right now is they brought in Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator, which I hate the Cowboys, but in the four seasons with the Cowboys, they were a top four offense in points four with 27.7 and yards per game with 391. That's wild. Yeah. That is wild. And not only to go with that, he, they had the fourth best passing offense with uh, 264.4 yards a game. Now that goes from Dak Prescott to Justin Herbert. I think it is bombs away in L.A. L.A.? Yeah, L.A. Not San yeah. Diego anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, you, you can't argue that. The Chargers have always had a pretty good offense. Um, yeah, and Herbert, like you said, he was, uh, what was he? He went from 9 to... Yeah, so he went to 9-2 to, to 11 last year. 9-2 to two QB finishes. Yeah, and he had the rib injury last year. So I, I think he makes a good bounce back this season, especially if all of his key players can stay healthy. He's going to have a really good year. Yeah, so he still has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and uh, Austin Eckler, which that is a very... Good, but hopefully healthy, you know, offensive tandem. Right, right. And, and not to get too far off topic, but I also think that the Chargers defense, if they can stay healthy, might be mm. more of a force to reckon with than people understand, too. They've got a lot of really good players on that team. Um, you Bosa know, was hurt last year, too. Right. You got Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James. I mean, they're, they're not to be trifled with either. Um, I think the combination of them plus that electric offense, they, they could be a force if they can get it done in the playoffs. I feel about them about the same as I do the Cowboys, actually. Um, <laughs> you know, they'll do very well in the regular season and hopefully they can win a playoff game. Um, not against the Chiefs, but, you know, right. Uh, I, I, I almost root for them because I do like an underdog for sure. Yeah, because like you said, so they, they do tend to struggle in the playoffs. Um, and I, especially on offense, for whatever reason, they just, the play calls they make during playoff games are very questionable. Uh, but I do think Kellen Moore, like I said, is going to make a difference because he brings a high powered offense feel to a team that's kind of needed that. Definitely. You know what I mean? So my dog, uh, dog house is kind of one that's going to be surprising to a lot of people. But it's probably not if you've listened to this show. I am not a fan <laughs> of the rookie wide receiver, Quentin Johnston. His current ADP is 54. <clears throat> Firmer first-round pick out of TCU. Uh, last season, he had 60 catches, 1,067 yards, and six TDs. He was probably one of the most frustrating uh, players I watched on film, to be honest with you. Um, he's six three two oh eight, but he plays so damn small, and it frustrates me. <laughs> he had a thirty four point eight contested catch rate. That is awful for wow. someone that size. Yeah, that one of my biggest pet peeves is that he's a body catcher. 
So if you go back and watch a lot of these games, he's going up like this and he's having the ball hit his chest and it's mm-hmm. bouncing off. He had eight drops last year. Tony that, might have that in two games, but eight drops is not good. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's uh, that that's one I've always disliked about him. Like if you watch Tyreek, he does a lot of body catching. Tony mm-hmm. with his drops last night, he was trying body catches. I just don't think it's a very effective way to play the catch game. the ball. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I just don't see it with him. We're seeing it in preseason. Drops are a concern again. Um, what I will say, he is a very good like after the catch kind of guy. Like as soon as he has the ball, he he could take off, but he's got to catch it. That's the thing. That's the main part of the whole thing. I I am very concerned about him. So when I did my rookie rankings, I had JSN one, uh, Jordan Addison two, uh, Zay Flowers three, and I really 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 wanted to put Marvin Mims, the Denver Broncos wide receiver, ahead of Quentin Johnson because I just preferred him, but. The draft capital for Quentin Johnson and the landing spot, I can't deny. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to a high-powered offense, like I just mentioned. He's going to be tied to Justin Herbert. I just don't like the player, you know, and that's hard to get past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they can stay healthy, though, like how much do you really think he's going to be really even involved in the offense? You know, they've got, what's he got, three receivers ahead of him on the depth chart? Yeah, so right now he's listed as the number four, which makes sense because he is going to be like a primarily outside wide Mm -hmm. receiver. Um, He's behind Mike Williams right now, which makes sense because they're very similar wide receivers. Um, But you are right. I don't think he's going to be as, you know, used as much as people think this year. Maybe next year, and maybe he turns it around. Maybe it's just, you know, he has to put more work in. But... We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I, I think in the dynasty league, if you plan on just kind of holding on to him and seeing how he develops, oh, that could be a good play. Um, so let me ask you: if, if if you had a redraft league, would you rather have Mims or Johnston this year? <laughs> and I'll remind you: Mims is the number three at least in Denver. Not right now. He's not. He's the number two. With Judy out. Uh, questionable, but yeah, if Judy ends up being out, then yes. Uh, he's still three. questionable? I thought they ruled him out already. Am I wrong? Uh, he's listed as questionable right now, but considering they only have four wide receivers total, I think he's going to have to get involved. Tim Patrick and Jalen Virgil are both on IR. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, you're you're still looking at guys that probably aren't going to see too much work unless an injury, like maybe J- Judy misses a few games. Maybe... Mm-hmm. We do think that Mike Williams may miss a few games. In redraft, I probably have to. Damn it, I really don't want to. I probably <laughs> have to take Quentin Johnson because of Justin Herbert. But in redraft, I might as well. I would pass or not redraft in dynasty. I've passed on him and moved back in a rookie draft, mm-hmm. and then drafted somebody else, and then got Marvin Mims later. Wow. Yeah. I, I am not a fan, to be honest with you. Okay. We'll see, I, I listen. You're going to be wrong more times than you're right. Oh yeah, more than likely. So I'll I'll eat crow if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, that I don't. I don't think that's bad, man. I um I agree with your mindset there. I mean, we don't really know what we're going to see from Denver this year. We know that the Chargers are going to be offensive minded for sure. They always are. Um, like you said, with the new uh, coaching addition. 
I don't see why not, especially if Herbert's uh, looking good this year. Uh, Mike Williams could go out if history repeats itself. <laughs> you know, it's definitely repeating itself. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I actually don't hate that. No. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm glad we agree, even though you hate the Chargers. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't like the Broncos either, you know, True. So, good point. And, and, and I'm and I will make a point of that momentarily. <laughs> yeah, if you want to jump into your Broncos one, I've got I think that's everything I had for Quentin Johnson. Sweet, man. Well, um, you know, we'll, we'll start with the positive for uh, for the Broncos. I I actually like a dog tag for Javante Williams. I think that I know I've been saying I'm a prove yourself kind of guy. It was really hard for me to pick really anybody from this Denver offense after last season, just to be honest. But um, I do think that the first few weeks of last year, Denver looked like they could potentially be a threat when Javante was on the field. Um, he had a great debut game. Um, unfortunately, he had an ACL, LCL tear that took him out for the season. We don't really know what we're going to get when he comes back, but he is young. He could bounce back on it. Um, he looked decent in preseason as well. So um, I, I think he's going to be heavily involved and could be a great fantasy option for you. His ADP is at 62.1. Um, and I don't know anybody who doesn't have him on a roster. I don't know any league where you could just go pick him up. So I don't, oh, hate, no. I don't hate him for a pick at all. Um, but we'll just have to see. Denver's got a new new coach this year, of course, in Sean Payton. He's determined to make him a playoff team and change it up. And, you know, if he brings his play style that he had with New Orleans whatsoever, I think mm-hmm. that we're going to see a lot more passing. So I really like Javante in a PPR, half PPR league. Uh, we've already seen him get really involved in the pass game early. Uh, so I, I really like him for that. Uh, but- Javante is somebody I've been trying to go out and get in dynasty leagues, mm-hmm. but I think I waited too damn long. Because I think the hype is coming back. It sucks. Yeah. I missed yeah. my boat on that one. <laughs> who, uh, if I'm asked, who you got for running back right now? So, in my one league that I'm an extreme contender in, I have Jonathan Taylor. And I was going to try to tear down the Javante. But I would need something on top of a Javante. Because I, I consider Jonathan Taylor like the second best dynasty running back. Mm-hmm. When when healthy and playing, so we couldn't agree on anything added. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I really, I have a good feeling about Javante this year. Yeah, I th- I think he'll be solid um, as mm-hmm. long as I, I think the Broncos are get a little bit better this year, especially from last year. I don't think there's really anywhere to go but up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the um, common theme about them right now. Yeah, and and you know, just to be honest, as much as I'm not a fan of the Broncos, we got to admit, I mean, they lost uh, a f- more than one game due to just some poor coaching decisions. I mean, do you? Rem- I, I don't know if you remember watching the Manning cast and Peyton Manning about oh, lost that, it. Yeah, they burned like 35, 40 seconds off the clock and still ended up going for a field goal, and it was it was messy, man. They just had a really messy season. Um, I, I think they're going to be a lot better under Sean Payton. I do agree. And we've seen, like you said, so with Sean Payton and throwing the ball, we've seen him target the running back a lot. And mm-hmm. we've seen that uh, the Broncos, even with Hackett and, you know, the beginning of this year, really targeting Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. That's huge for fantasy football. Definitely. Definitely. I've been singing Javante's praises on this show a couple times. And it's just, 
It's got me nowhere, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, for debut season, he got an ACL, man. I mean, we'll, we'll hope that he bounces back because I, I genuinely like the guy. Um, and if they utilize him right, especially with how well he does in the past game too, he'll be fine. Um, what do you think his ceiling is if he can stay healthy this year? Like where do you see him as like a top 12, top 15, top 20? Just trying to think off the top of my head. All the I know it's kind of I mean, a tough question. It's tough because so they just they just got Samaj P Ryan. Um, so you could tell that they're ready for something to happen if needed. I don't know if they're gonna be committee. We don't know what we're gonna see from Sean Payton's new offense. I do think that they'll utilize him more, especially if you're in a PPR league. I would say that adds value to him. Um I'd say top twelve sounds about right. Maybe even better though in a PPR. Um if they really get to go in this year. Um, I, I think he's one of one of few backs that are going to have primary touches, you know, uh, without a touch. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to just say I 100% agree with you, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't think that he has a ton of competition in the running back room. So mm-hmm. if he at least stays healthy and can play decent and he's not fumbling all the time or, you know, anything else, he's going to be just fine. I think he'll be a top 10 running back. So, uh, before this episode, maybe a couple of days ago, I put a tweet out. Um, if Javante can stay healthy, do you have him in the top 10 or top 12? I forget what I said of dynasty running backs, like going forward, would you have him there? And I'm, I was pleasantly surprised by the response. It was like overwhelming, like almost 85%. Yes. That people would have him in the top 12 or 10, which I was surprised with. Cause I would have him there too just based on age, PPR, upside, like you said. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think Denver also has a decent line. He's young, mm-hmm. and as long as he stays healthy and he does his thing, he's going to be just fine. I mean, um, Denver does have a way of having the running backs kind of show out in that past game, too. If you remember Philip Lindsay a handful of years ago um, before he got mm-hmm. hurt. Um, so I think as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a great running back to have in your dynasty. I really like that dog tag of yours. I appreciate you putting him there. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that. Well, uh, it's going to get a little more negative here with the uh, with the with the dog house. So, dog house um, used to be a fan, not as much these days. Um, Russell Wilson, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. I gotta I gotta give you the dog house. While I do think he could have a better season than last year, just because Sean Payton's there. Um, I already mentioned Sean Payton's style and the way that he ran his team. And I don't know if this is more his style or just because he had Drew Brees, but it's a lot of pocket passing. And they've got four running backs on the roster right now. And like you said, Jerry Judy is questionable. They may only have three. Um, They have a brand new tight end in Adam Troutman. And we don't really know what's going to happen with him. He had hardly any stats to even look at from last season. Um, You know, he could struggle this season. I, I don't think that that really fits his gameplay as much. He seems even on the personal level to be one of the more outcast players in that locker room. Unfortunately, I know we just had that, uh, that quote came out this week of Sean Payton telling him to like, stop kissing babies or something. Right. Um, you know, it's not about Russ and your brand. It's about the team and, um, I, I don't know. I just it's hard for me to want to have him on the squad. I think he was the 18th ranked uh, quarterback in fantasy last year, which is higher than I thought. 
Um, it's a lot higher than I thought as well. <laughs> yeah, I but I just I, I just don't see it, man. I really don't. Um, and I could, like you said, I couldn't have beaten Crow. We're going to be wrong a lot more than we're right. But I think uh, Javante Williams might might have a third of his passing yards this season. We will see what happens. Um, and he's getting up there in age too, man. I don't think that he's the Russell Wilson of old that's you know running even as much as Patrick Mahomes is these days, even though he didn't even look like that last year. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll see, man. I think if they get off to a hot start and they start off four or five and Oh, maybe he gets amped up and they, they start cruising, but Mm. you know, I think he's going to be playing a lot more of a pocket passing game and he's got Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims and Brandon Johnston, um, or Johnson. Sorry. Uh, so if Jerry goes down, man, he's in a tough spot. Yeah, I mean, you, you could definitely be right. I do like the fit of Sean Payton with Russell Wilson. I think that is very similar to what Sean Payton had with uh, Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. You know, a pocket passer. Especially at this point in his career, Russ probably needs to be a pocket passer. Probably. <laughs> and especially with his size. Because they, you know, him and Drew are kind of like the same height. So I think it's time for Russ to not cook so much just do less let's ride (laughs) i hate that so much oh man it's so funny to me though (laughs) he's such a he's such a corny individual but like it didn't become a thing until he left seattle yeah i i think he just you know he was corny and he really pushed it i think that something in him he just really liked that phrase he's like all right we're gonna push it um you know kudos to the i will say kudos to the uh, marketing team that he had last year's off season because even I predicted the Broncos to be like nine and eight last year. Um, oh they, really? Yeah, they had they or I think I even had ten and seven in my predictions from uh, the PK Sportscast last season. Um, we did our two early predictions and yeah, I had them doing pretty well. Uh, did not give them the same love this year because I'm not going to let the hype get to me again. But um, what I do was you cons- have them at for this season? I've got. Denver going. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. Well, I do I do have them nine and eight. But <laughs> but that that's what I was thinking. I had them ten and seven last year, mm-hmm. um, making a playoff. Uh making the playoffs. I got them nine and eight this year. I do think Sean Payton makes a difference and their schedule's a bit easier because they were a last place just team. Terrible last year. So um I, I do think they improve, especially if Javante plays all season. They're gonna. I think that they'll be fine. I do not have them making the playoffs, though. That is a gauntlet of a division, too. The mm-hmm. AFC West, and not even that. Just the AFC in general is just like Aaron Rodgers is there now. You know, mm-hmm. how can you compete at this point? You know. Yeah, I've got them going three and three in division games. Oh, okay. Um, so two of them are the Raiders, though. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah, they're. I'm going to get to them soon, but. The Raiders are probably going to be a top pick in this draft. You would think. Well, I think I'm I'm good on the the Broncos. Let's go ahead and hear about these Raiders. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to give my dog tag to their second round pick in the draft, Michael Mayer. Somebody I really liked uh, coming out. I think he's become the forgotten tight end right now of this class because of guys like Don Kincaid and Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, all getting the hype right now. Which is fine. I mean, those guys, I think this tight end class is finally going to give fantasy and dynasty a breath 
of tight end fresh air that we haven't had in a little while. Because after like the top three tight ends, it's just a complete drop off, you know? But Mm -hmm. Michael Mayer is my dog tag. His last year at Notre Dame, he had 67 catches, 809 yards and nine TDs, a 91.6 receiving grade by PFF. That's pretty damn good, in my opinion. Yeah. He had 31% of the target share at Notre Dame, so essentially he was that offense. Uh, He is physical uh, in his routes. He's physical uh, with the ball in his hands. He's not really like a... You know, a jukey kind of guy. He's not, he's a just a big dude. He's 6'4, 249. Like, that's, that's a big fucking dude right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's going to be a mismatch in, in line and in the slot because he is such a good blocker. I think he's going to create a mismatch, uh, especially if he breaks out into like the, uh, what's it called? You know, just breaks out out of his blocks and goes out. I think mm-hmm. that could create a mismatch. Um, I also, as much as I don't like this offense, Jimmy G and Josh McDaniels know how to use tight ends and that's proven, you know, I don't think McDaniels is long in Oakland or Las Vegas. Can't believe I did that. And I don't think Jimmy G is long there, but I mean, if they are, they, like I said, you know, McDaniels had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez and all those guys, Jimmy G had George Kittle. They know how to get the tight end involved. I could see a possible tight end, top tight, eh, geez, top 10 potential in Dynasty um, for Michael Mayer. He is a I, I like big that fella. That, that's the first time I've heard that take. I, I do like it, though. Um, now, I'm not saying for this year because we know tight ends can take a little while to um, get used to the NFL, but I do think he was the most NFL ready, ready tight end. Because of everything he could do. Yeah, and I, I also think you have a great point I didn't even think about with uh, with Jimmy G and Josh McDaniel. Um, especially, I mean, Devontae doesn't look like he's super happy there. So if he ends up oh, taking off can't. or worse, then, uh, you know, I, I think that definitely opens it up for him in a dynasty league. Yeah, I can't believe that you mentioned Devontae Adams because that's, that's my doghouse. This is oh. probably... This is a surprising one, but it's more or less he's he's 30 years old. He's going to be 31 in December. You know, that age cliff does hit at some point. His ADP currently is 44.3. Puts him around a guy like Drake London, who I'm very high on. Dude, I don't know. I He's frustrated. He wants to be moved. He's on a bad team. Is this time to get out from Devontae Adams? I mean, if I'm a contender, I'm probably holding. But if it's time to rebuild, it's time. It's time to ship them on. You know. What? So, what kind of trade do you think you make for Devontae? If you're in a rebuild situation, you know you're not contending for the chip this year. Like, what? What will you accept for him? It would have to be. It would have to be like a mid first, mid to late first. Because I don't think because of his age, I don't think many people are going to give more than that. Mm-hmm. Or if I could get like, I don't know, a, like a contender who has Drake London, maybe I can get Drake London and like something a tiny bit on top of that. Maybe they're not like a big Drake London believer. Maybe yeah. I can get something on top, but I, I would I would need 
you know, a first. Let me see. I'm going to pull up some trades. Um, tell me what you think of Devontae Adams. I'm going to see what kind of dynasty trades have happened for him. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Devontae is a solid wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. Um, if you're in a redraft league, I totally understand why you would pick him up. Oh, 100%. But, you know, I, I do a lot of redraft leagues. And this year for me, you know, he whenever my turn came around in the second round, he was still there. And I still just passed on him. I think that while a lot of people this is going to be the most controversial statement I make on the show. Probably a lot of people think that the Raiders got better with Jimmy G. I wholeheartedly disagree. I disagree with that. too. I, I think that Derek Carr does like, I, I could say this now that he's not a Raider, but he doesn't get enough love. I think that Derek Carr is actually a pretty good quarterback, uh, at least for a receiver. You know, um, I think Devonte was happy to have Derek Carr. I think with them having such a bad losing season, plus Derek Carr getting shipped away, um, he doesn't seem like he's too happy there. That that age piece is hitting, like you said. I, I just didn't see it as a great choice. Jimmy G is never your guy that goes out there and puts up 300 yards. And mm. therefore, unless he is only hitting Devontae in the red zone, he's not going to be a great fantasy option for you this year. I really do think Devontae takes a step back, and I just haven't been a big believer in him. I don't think it has anything to do with him. I think it's just the situation that he's in. Um, but but we'll see. I mean, he's still going to be a solid receiver. I think he's like you'd be silly to leave him on your bench every week. But, oh, 100% with that. Uh, but I'm not going to put up my second rounder for him. You know, uh, if I if I've got a chance at really, I mean, I'd, I'd say he's a top 10 receiver, not a top five like everyone else says. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at some of these trades. I was right a lot. He's getting moved for a first. Nice. There is one. I'm, there are a few that I'm very surprised with. So I thought maybe you could get like a Drake London and something small added, but <laughs> it was Devontae Adams and a first for Drake London, one trade, which I think is I think is a little overpay. Devontae Adams and a first for Drake London? Mm-hmm. That I think that's an overpay as well. <laughs> Another one is Devontae Adams and a first for JSN, which I think is an overpay. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. again, if you were doing this straight up, I would probably, or, you know, Devontae, if you want to throw something small on the Devontae for those guys, I would agree. But maybe a third. That's a lot. Yeah. Or so then there's you know, Devontae in a third for George Pickens in a second, which I like a lot. That's a really, that's a good trade. Yeah. I like that. And then one more is Devontae for a first and a second, which is more aligned what I thought. Yeah. But. It's kind of all over the place. Cortland Sutton in a first for Adams is just awful. But someone's contending this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I do think if you are a rebuilder, it's time to move on, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And especially the worst thing you can do in Dynasty is be a perennial middling team. It's just you're this close, but you're just not going to get over that hump. And when you're in that point, it's time to just tear it down and start over. Yeah, I mean, you're two or three seasons away from getting nothing for him. So right, yeah, or even one season if, that, if he puts a, if he you know has a really bad season this year. Yeah, exactly. I I have to agree with you there. So I think that is it for our dog tags and dog house. Before we get out of here, do you want to plug again everything you're doing uh, with Wind Daily and you know what else you're doing? 
Uh, yeah, man. Appreciate you. So, um, you know, I've been doing the PK Sportscast now for a little over a year. We just launched for season two. We're on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the, all the social media is under the PK Sportscast. Um, I'm on Twitter as Johnny C Sport. Uh, and the same with Instagram and all the other ones I just mentioned. Um, so we'll, we'll be continuing doing that as well. Um, I'm very excited to get started with the Win Daily team this next week, getting started with the standouts and setbacks. Uh, we should have our first episode in the next week. So, I was gonna. I meant to ask you when does that that starts next week? Okay, cool. Yep, yep. Just just waiting on Sunday, man. So we can we can start talking about how everything <laughs> went. You know, it's a recap show. So we, I've just been dying for week one to happen. So um, you know, very excited to get started with that too. And again, Mike, appreciate you so much for having me on, bro. Uh, you know, it's been it's been great. Been really enjoying the conversation with you today. Yeah, I really appreciate you jumping on and hopefully we can do this again, uh, have you on and hopefully we don't have to, you know, talk about teams that you hate so much. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't so bad. You know, it helped me uh, with a new outlook. I found some positives in these teams. So <laughs> <Yeah>. always <laughs> look for the positives in the bad, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so for that, we are going to close uh, the Dynasty Dogs episode brought to you by Wind Daily. Uh, have a great night. You as well. Thank you.